Captain. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. I don't want any baloney, magic tricks, or psychological mumbo jumbo. Errors in time and space. Greetings, Liminerds, broadcasting from a location outside of time and space. This is Liminal Unlimited. I'm Kyle Thatcher. I'm Jenny Thatcher. And today we have an exciting episode for you, and exciting for us, hopefully exciting for you, because we have our first ever guest interview. And that is with a, a fellow that I've known for a long time, a long, long time, a fellow by the name of Ethan Kay. Uh, hi, Ethan. Hello, hello. Good to, good to see you. Good to see you, too. We're on video. Um, we're probably never going to have a video option for any of these We podcasts, might. But... It could happen. We should. You know, we're not... We're, we're good-looking people. We're probably not going to end up being like Joe Rogan or anything, but... Um, so, but today's topic uh, is uh, spiritualism and psychic mediumship. And Ethan had reached out to us because he is... Uh, unbeknownst to me, completely unbeknownst to me, <laughs> a psychic medium. Correct. Yeah, it's <laughs> correct. It's 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 something that when when we knew each other back in high school and and junior high and middle school, we didn't. That was not something I was interested in. It was something that I really came to later on in life. Um, and it, I think it works with the whole idea about uh, there's something out of time and space that we have access to. Uh, I think that's that's what you're looking for on the on the on this podcast, and I think that this is um, it's a good good avenue into one particular facet of at least something that I and, and other spiritualists and people who believe in mediums do take as faith in a sense as, as both a religion and a science and uh, just a philosophy. Because cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, in spiritualism. Uh, the afterlife is really viewed as like a true alternate plane of reality. One hundred percent, a thousand percent. The uh, the idea really comes from that is the primary place where humans exist. We spend most of our time there, and there are times when we decide on the other side that this is a, a time that we need to grow spiritually, grow emotionally, and come over to the human side, uh, the earth side, go through trials and tribulations, uh, good times, bad times, and then once uh, our time is up, we've made that decision, the energy that has that retains our personality shunts back over to, well, heaven or afterlife, other side, whatever you decide to talk about. Um, it's all, it's generally, it's kind of like the same place across belief systems. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's been kind of hinted at throughout a lot of religions through millions and millions of years is that there is a place that we go to after we die, what that looks like and what that, um, means to different people varies, of course, from person to person, belief system to belief system, culture to culture, um, but the idea that there is something else after we pass away that we exist with our personalities and our memories 
uh, is shared with a lot of different a lot of different belief systems. You can find that throughout Judeo Christianity. You can find that uh, through um, Eastern religions. It's just something that's that's uh, either not talked about a lot, or it's the focus of of what a religion is. And it's funny the way that you just described it kind of reminds me of you know the um, like ancient mysteries and things where it's mm-hmm. it's almost like you know we make this um this symbolic uh the hero's journey and things like that the journeying into the underworld and then returning with some new knowledge like you literally just described that but from a higher level coming down to this world and then going back yeah i think that i think you're spot on is that there are those those kind of paths and patterns that can be traced throughout just throughout history and what spiritualism did was they linked it up to um it, this was pr- primarily in the in the the 19th century they linked it to a growing mediumship and uh psychic phenomena movement that was happening in the US and and also in 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 Britain and they said you know if we're getting contact from beings on the other side, people who identify themselves as people that we know. Well, let's start asking them questions about what that alternate realm is like, what that alternate reality is like. And what they started to find was across different belief systems across the world, people were reporting both from, I'll add to it, past life, uh, no, no, um, uh, near-death experiences and uh, psychic or mediumship talking to talking to spirits that there were a lot of overlaps in what people were describing the the way things like the, the the order of things when when people passed away the things that they saw the people that they talked to they found a lot of overlaps between all those things and the research is 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 still coming there are still psychologists and psychiatrists and um, different not just you know, parapsychological researchers, there are people who are doing this research to find those overlaps and finding those places where um, maybe there is something uh, true about this, about dying and going somewhere else that uh, all the other religions kind of touch on, but it's, there's, it's, it's kind of weird to say it's, it's, all the religions touch on it, but they touch on it with their own uh, ways and their own intentions and their own styles. And spiritualism, I think, tries to get to well, what happens when we die? Right. And most religions, most religions really don't investigate it. They they take their doctrine and then, okay, that's what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually investigate on faith. Yeah. what happens. Yeah, it's first person experiences. It's communication saying. Hi, my name is so and so. I died. This is what happened to me. And then you compare that with someone twenty years ago who said, "Hi, my name is this thing. I I died. This is what happened to me." Compare that to someone who comes back on an operating table and says, "This is what happened to me." And you can say, "Oh, okay." So people who are who are passing away realize they're in a room with the people uh, surrounding them. They see their own body. There are people that they know who are asking them to come forward uh usually into a light that's above them they go into the light they experience another reality on the other side where they retain their memories and personalities right and memories and personalities from 
previous times they came down here. I know it's a lot, and it, and with that, like kind of like jumping into it with both feet, it's like okay, crazy person on the subway yelling a whole bunch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was here before. <laughs> exactly, it's like I was a little <laughs> girl. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever seen the movie, uh, the Alan, the, the the Albert Brooks movie, Defending Your Life? Oh yeah, the, yeah, I love that movie. It, it's it's very much like that. <laughs> it's I got very on the wrong tram. Like I got on the wrong tram. Oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> so I just tried to like boil down a whole bunch of what what spiritualism is in like two for, two run on sentences. Perfect. No, we got you. We got you. Um, yeah, so I, I looked into the history a little bit. I had read books like years ago uh, about mm-hmm. this subject, um, but um, but I kind of refreshed my memory. So as you'd said, it was kind of like in the in the 19th century, like in the 1840s. You know, this mm-hmm. this um, movement kind of starts out. And it, it grows out of um, there's the as a lot of for some reason out of New York State. A lot of yeah. A lot of like religious and and cults, <laughs> cults grow out of you know we don't we don't want to name them. There's a there's a fellow that's in prison right now, um, but there's you know there's a lot of these religious movements. Oddly enough, like everybody thinks it must be California, but it a lot of them come out of New York State for some reason. But Western during- New York was just a, 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 a you know a hotbed for it because in the eight, in the early 1800s you had Andrew Jackson Davis. Who was who's called the Poughkeepsie Seer because he was from Poughkeepsie, where he was kind of going into trances and being able to diagnose people's medical problems accurately and ways to 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 treat them, with no medical knowledge at all, no medical background, and what he was he was kind of he was tapping into that that kind of psychic uh, mediumship, other otherworldly um, information. And then uh, in the 1840s, there was, I think it was the 1840s, uh, the Fox sisters in Hydesville, New York, uh, they were kind of the big ones that that rocketed into prominence. They were living in a house where they were hearing knocks all the time. And they would ask questions and the knocks would respond to their questions. Eventually, they were able to come up with a a way of communicating to, with the thing that was knocking. So a number of knocks would equal a certain letter, and they were able to get messages like that. Well, they went on tour. Uh, more and more people got involved, got interested. They started doing performances with these knockings. And more and more people started saying, well, do you think we could do that? And they started doing it in their own homes. We would have these little kind of home circles, uh, these little homebrew groups of... Um, just interested people getting the same results. And that led to uh, interest across the Atlantic. Uh, it was huge in Britain. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle was a gigantic proponent of spiritual communication. Um, a lot of, and a lot of people were, I have, it's funny. I have um, on my bookshelf back here, I have the first, I want to say 30 or so um Proceedings of the Society for Paranormal Research, which is the original like Victorian Ghostbusters, and in the first couple issues, they actually list the names of all the people that are members of the group. So, looking through there, there's Lewis Carroll, there's Oscar Wilde, there's Mark Twain, there's Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, there's like uh, British politicians, and I'm just like, this was something that a lot of people were really into. Uh, at the time, and then it eventually became. They said, "Well, we'll make it a religion because 
it doesn't fit with Christianity. It doesn't fit with Judaism. It doesn't fit with religions of the times. It's its own kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, I think the first iteration of that was the the Ghost Club. They called it the Ghost yeah. Club, and Charles Dickens was a member of that. They used to go it's, around it, and, and investigate. Charles, can you imagine Charles Dickens running around <laughs> investigating ghostly phenomena? Oh my yeah, God, you guys, did you hear that? <laughs> oh my God. WTF. <laughs> Charles, why why are your reports so long? Oh, I get paid by the word. <laughs> you have to edit That's them bad. down. This is boring. Arthur, Arthur, officially, that house is scary AF. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever did you ever see the show Houdini and Doyle? It was on I, like one season. I I haven't seen the show, but I people have played around. I've seen writer other writers play around with that in like film and television with. Uh, Doyle and Houdini running around investigating. It, it was. It lasted only one season, and my wife says that that's what our relationship is. She's the Houdini, and I'm the Doyle. <laughs> She's like, I, you go to ghost church. I don't believe in any of it, and I'm like, ghosts are real. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, and it, it's kind of funny. It it, it comes out, uh, you know, during the Second Great Awakening when you're getting like the Millerites and the Mormons yeah. and uh, even Baptists, Methodists, you know, that's, that's when all these are coming, you know, and this yeah. was spiritualism, you know, falls into what they considered like the nonconformists. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's history is really tied with feminism as well. And so the suffragette movement, because in the early late 1800s, early 1900s, it was really centered. There was a big center of it in Lilydale, New York, up in uh, in uh, up by Rochester. And when speakers like Susan B. Anthony were not allowed to speak publicly in certain towns and cities, they found a, a welcoming place in Lilydale and some of these other spiritualist communities, who were their whole th their whole thing was anyone's allowed to speak. This is a religion that women and men are fully equal. Everyone is receiving messages equally, so there's no hierarchy. So they found a lot of places that they could speak and, and reach an audience. And so spiritualism and especially the suffragette movement were really tied, like very closely tied throughout the, you know, especially the early part of the, the 20th century. And Lilydale, that's something that you're very interested in, honey. You... Yeah, that's where I wanted to go for our honeymoon. And guess who still hasn't <laughs> gone on their honeymoon? <laughs> oh, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I spent a week in Lilydale, I want to say about seven years ago. And it was one of the most interesting times that I've ever had. Um, if you are planning on going, go during the summer. During the rest of the year, it's kind of... It, it's a by appointment only, but during the summer they have large, uh, you know, uh, auditorium filled events where you will see mediumship in action. You will see people talking uh, to spirits and, and giving amazing messages. Um, I took a bunch of courses while I was up there. I went to a phenomenal seance where the table moved. Oh, wow. um, uh, we, we saw, we actually saw a phantom in the middle of everybody. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. We're going. It was crazy. <laughs> We're going. 
so. <laughs> I'm just, you can hear me rattling through my notes here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so speaking about mediumship, I, you know, we covered, I think we covered a, a good amount of history. There's, there's minutia that we could get into. Um, but yeah. it's, it's stuff that anybody could find if they, if they go on Google, you know, um, yeah. you know, there's, there's different foundations for, you know, study of the afterlife for the ideas of trances, you know, Franz Mesmer mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, so now there's kind of classically considered like two different kinds of mediumship. There's like mental mediums and physical mediums. Um, yeah. Can, can you explain for us the difference? Sure. Um, physical mediumship was tended to be a lot more popular back in the 1800s because it was easier to fake. Where physical mediumship is, it could be, it's, we made the table move, or the ghost is flickering the lights, or the ghost is moving a, a Ouija board, uh, ghost is making knocks on, on the table. That's like physical things that that are shared by everybody that everyone can say, I heard that knock, I saw that hand, I, you know, I heard the bell ringing, that kind of stuff. Um, and of course, when this was first coming along in the, you know, in the days of, you know, showmanship uh, and not a lot of scientific oversight, it was easily faked. Um, but it did get a lot of people on board saying that, this is, you know, this, we, we all sat in the room. We all saw the table move. We all heard this mental mediumship is what's practiced a lot more now. Um, which is someone sitting with a medium, the medium asks a question, no, sorry, the per the sitter asks a question, the medium tunes into whatever spirits are there and answers the question. And the way that the medium can get that, um, can get that message is a number of ways. It's called the, the, when I was being trained, it was called the clairs. You have clairvoyance, which is you, it, you close your eyes and you see it mentally. Uh, clairaudience, where you hear it. Um, it's just, it's not in the room, but it's something that the medium hears in, in like it's someone sitting next to them. Um, clairsentience is kind of uh, a little bit more mental. Um, you can have uh, phantom tastes. You can have phantom smells. Um, and all those things are their input that the medium gets that then they have to interpret for the sitter, but it's not something that everyone in the room is going to be able to see or hear or smell. Um, it is more of a channeled through the medium. Right. right. How do you tend to get your messages? It's all mental for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I see the physical stuff, it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, I, I tend to close my eyes. There are ways that kind of open yourself up. It's just a, a way of just tuning your, your head into this, imagining, uh, visualizing a lot of like white light around you and just being very open to it. And then the things that come into your head that are not linked to previous thoughts, this kind of like this weird intrusive phrases and visuals coming into your head, those are the things that tend to be more of the someone's trying to reach out and get in touch with me. Um, I, I could do a great, great example of this. I was, I was doing a, this was my, my final exam when I was in, in, uh, in um, uh, ministry school. I call it seminary, but it's not really. Um, 
and they brought someone in. The the teacher brought someone in and says, "Can you just read for this person?" And I, th- I think the guy asked questions about like, "What's going to go on with my job?" I have never seen this guy before. Didn't know this guy at all. And closed my eyes and I kind of tuned in. And what I was getting was this guy. It was an image of this guy being shot at and hiding behind a giant silver shield. And that's what was protecting him. The bullets were bouncing off that. And so I just said, this is what I got. You are being shot at, you're being attacked, and you're blocking this with a shield. And he goes, oh, cool, thanks. Mm-hmm. And then after the, you know, after the, 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 the teacher's like, okay, everybody, we're done. And he brought this guy up and he said, so Ethan didn't think he did a good job, but this is my friend, Juan. He, uh, can you tell him what you do for a living? He's like, I'm a cop. So I'm hiding behind a silver shield while I'm being shot at, you know, kind of metaphorically. Right. So I'm like, oh shit, okay, that was I was accurate. I I didn't know this guy from anybody, mm-hmm. but that's what like it. That's the way it got in my head was silver shield, bullets being shot at, and this guy, you know, kind of being a victim of all this. So that's mental mediumship, and that's how it works for me. So so you you mostly see symbolic things. Yeah. Yeah. There have been times where if if I'm really reaching out to somebody is I can get kind of like more involved things um, or kind of like different words. There's a lot of sometimes if you're like you might experience this if you're falling asleep and you're not totally asleep, you start hearing like phrases come into your into your head. That's that's kind of what it feels like. And I, I can't explain those, but it's it's like these intrusive not A to B thoughts like, oh, I was thinking of carrots. Then I'm thinking of carrot cake. Now I'm thinking of, you know, a cafe. It's like I was thinking of carrots and someone's like, you know, hey, Disney World's going to catch on fire. Like, right. weird, like it doesn't make sense. That's the, weird, that's the fun part about it. Mm-hmm. So um, along those lines, you'd mentioned that you had actually uh, been present at seances like, you know, physical uh, mediumship style seances. What was that like? Um, I've been to a number of, of mental media and I've taken part in, in a number of seances. Uh, typically the ones that the church that I'm, I'm a part of the spiritualist church of New York city, they are a couple people in a couple mediums. You have maybe three mediums and they, uh, will just, wait until they they get something for someone who's in the audience and say, can I come to you with a message? And whatever they see or feel or hear, they will convey that to the person sitting there. That's all mental mediumship. And I've done a lot of those. I've been present in a lot of those. I've given messages at a lot of those. Um, the physical ones are... I've only been to one because it's not something that everyone can do. It's not ev- something everyone is is able you know is able to has like the the physical um place to do it it's kind of hard to do it say in like an auditorium or hard to do it in uh in a church but it's easier if you're in like a a room where you're you're just sitting so this was one that i went to in in lilydale it was a friend of a friend i had asked if i had reached out and i said are you going to be doing any uh, seances while, while I'm up here. And he's like, no, I'm not going to. 
And then maybe a day or two later, he wrote back and said, there's a bunch of mediums who came in from Baltimore and we're going to be having a, having a seance. Uh, do you want to join us? And I said, okay, it's a table tipping seance. So we start out sitting on his deck with a plastic, like Walmart plastic table. And we're just sitting in, 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 you know, deck chairs. He's like, all right, put your fingers on the table and we're going to, we're going to try to make the table move. So he turned on some, some peppy music out, outside and it got the energy going and he just invited whatever spirits were here and the table moved. Like it moved like a dog. It just went from person to person. There was, n it was a table on the effing deck. <laughs> yeah. There was no, there was, and everyone just had their hands just resting, not even resting on it, just fingertips. And this thing was just moving all over the place. So it's starting to get dark and we're like, holy shit, this is amazing. And he's like, yeah, let's go inside because it's getting dark. So we had, he, we brought the the same table inside to his little seance room. He's, uh, he does a lot of seances. He's, he's very big with the, the Lilydale community. And so we did it again. And he, he turned some peppy music on. Uh, popcorn. The spirits like popcorn. It's like popcorn. I don't know why. Um, and th the table kept moving. It was the same table we had brought in from outside, so it wasn't connected to any 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 wires or right. strings or anything. It was the same table. Right. And the part that that blew my mind was it didn't just like bounce around. It didn't float it moved like an animal. Like it would go to one person and it would kind of pause there for a little while. And then it would move to another person in the, in the circle. So that was pretty wild. And then he's like, okay, let's do some, like do some actual like hand hold it. We all held hands in a big circle. There were a lot of us. I would say there probably maybe 12, 11 or 12 of us and lights were out there. He had a one red light to kind of just, illuminate just very little and we would I, th I think we were just we were just focusing on getting the energy up and just kind of concentrating to see what would happen we saw little lights throughout the entire thing just kind of like little almost like fireflies little spirit lights and we had a couple people um sit in the spirit cabinet which is really just a three-walled um curtained box and that kind of like uh uh focuses whatever energy is coming out of the the mediums to kind of like pen it in a little bit so we saw kind of like clouds of ectoplasm kind of on the floor and by, especially by the door um there's a little light coming under the door so that's how we kind of saw that and the part that really got me was we didn't we our eyes weren't closed we everyone's eyes were open and while we were doing this, I saw in the center kind of the head and shoulders of a very, very tall person, like maybe six and a half, seven feet tall. And I'm like, am I just seeing that? It looks like a, it looks like a face. It looks like a person. And someone across the, the, the circle goes, oh, my God, do you see that? And someone next to me says, oh, my God, it's so tall. Hmm. And that confirmed to me that there was something there that wasn't there previously um that other people were seeing something had manifested something had shown up and that was the only time that i think i've ever seen a spirit or a phantom or a ghost or whatever you want to call it um 
But yeah, it was pretty intense. It was pretty wild. It was a great weekend. Yeah, that sounds like it. And so that was all manifesting because of the collective energy or because of the ability of one of the mediums helping it to manifest or how it's a good question yeah. i think that it was it was everybody having just the being open to it yeah. and everyone kind of goes into their own little I, i'm gonna you know put air quotes around it trance well it's not really a trance we're not unconscious it's just everybody is focused on this the, this they're open to this they are manifesting whatever they have to manifest. I manifest like white light, like a, like a fluorescent bulb coming out of my chest. And that, that's just the way I do it. Mm -hmm. Other people will probably have different, their own different methods, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was, everyone I think was concentrated on the same goal. I don't think it was one particular person who was leading this. I think it was, everyone was just able to, to do this together. Cause it, it, I, the way I looked at it too, was that it's not, you know, a psychic trying to, you know, fool a bunch of rubes right. that they're like trying to make money off of. It was, hey, we've all done this kind of stuff and we are colleagues rather than someone trying to impress a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. This was, yeah. this was almost done just for like fun, not as much of a exposition yeah. of abilities. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So why, so why, like, why would you fool around and yeah, hoax something? Mm -hmm. There'd be no reason to. Yeah, it was it's it was very professional like that way, and I liked that mm -hmm. rather than like you know come to this amazing séance and see this amazing thing that's going to happen. Put yeah. your dime right here like, in my hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cross my palm with silver, and you'll talk to your dead aunt. <laughs> now, um, along those lines, so um, you had talked a, a little bit about. Um, you know, people using things like Ouija boards and things like that. Is, is that, is that still, is that anything that's still in the spiritualist community? Do people still put any stock in accoutrements like that? I think that if, if you're doing it on your own, it's, there's some, there could be something behind that. Most mediums and I'd say even spiritualists don't do that because it's kind of putting something in between you and the spirit. You know, if, if you're a medium and you have the ability to get a message from a spirit, why would you go to the trouble of putting out a Ouija board or putting out tarot cards and making it a little bit more complicated for everybody when you could just be getting a, a message? That being said, there are mediums who work with tarot cards, and it's not the same way where you you memorize what the book is and saying oh if the the hierophant card is upside down this is what it this is what it means it's more of a when a, a good medium uses tarot cards they pull the card and then they get the impression off the card for the particular reader so if they they pull like the the three of wands they kind of focus in on the three of wands and this person and try to get a vision or a a message from from what the card is rather than saying, Oh, the three of wands, uh, that, that means you're going to, you know, get a new job. So it's like, it's like a focus for their, yeah, it's, it, it's an object to focus on. Uh, I've never done it. I know people who do, but uh, uh, I've never, I've never even, I've never even sat for somebody who does the tarot cards. That's kind of like the way that I've, I've, I've done it. A lot of people, take a lot of stock in it. 
People have gotten messages, especially like ghost hunters get a lot of stuff on Ouija boards all the time. So if you're doing it by yourself, I'd say that that's, you know, make sure that you're protected, but, um, I, yeah, you probably wouldn't find that in a spiritualist church or a community. Okay. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Um, this is fun. Yeah, this is <laughs> this great. Is fun. I like this. Good times. Good times. <laughs> um, oh, um, along those lines, while we're on the, the similar subject, um, there are some uh, psychics, psychic mediums who uh, use automatic writing. Is that anything that you've seen or had experience with? I've tried it. And I've tried it in class and nothing happens for me. Some people have, have gotten really good with it. And I think a lot of those books, especially in the the early, especially in the, the early um, 20th century, a lot of those books that you'd see about like, you know, a ghost, the dead man tells all kind of stuff. A lot of those were written through automatic writing. I have a, a, a number of them on my shelf. Um, if you can find, uh, I think it's Letters from the Light or Letters from the Living Dead Man, uh, both of them are automatic writing and they are amazingly good. Um, and there's two ways of doing that. There's one where you just kind of like set set your hand, set the pen resting on your hand, and it it the this more physical mediumship where the, the whatever spirit takes the pen and moves it, and you're just kind of balancing it. Or the other is you kind of close your eyes, clear your mind, and just write whatever whatever comes to you. I've never had any good experience with that. Um, it's usually just a lot of circles. Right. But uh, the one that the, the one that I did have have an experience with, and it was kind of weird, was uh, do you know what channeling is? Yeah, it's well for, well, for our listeners, let's let's of explain course. it. It's when a spirit kind of. Sets, settles itself into the medium's body and then talks with its own voice or uses the medium's voice to convey a message or move the body. Um, and I've, I've seen it done a couple times where like a completely different voice comes out of somebody's mouth and it's pretty wild. The only time that I've been able to get anywhere with this, we did it in class. This was a... Um, I forget exactly when it was, but it was one of the later classes and they turned off the lights and they said, we're just going to, if something comes through, let it speak. And it was a lot of relaxation. It was a lot of focusing and a lot of just let your, letting your body just kind of relax. And I felt my stomach start churning kind of like when you've just eaten like a bad meal. And you're just kind of like, oh, something's going on there. And I felt, I just felt that whatever this was, it moved up my chest into my throat. And I felt my throat open up kind of like, um, like if you, if you put two hands in a rubber glove and pull them apart, it's, you stretch the glove out into this kind of like very stretched out tube. And I felt like that was happening with my throat. And it was it, I, nothing came out except kind of like a couple, like a look, a low moan, but it was very strange physical sensation to feel this going from my stomach up through my body and then just kind of expanding my throat into this really almost painful um, 
manifestation of something that was coming through. I, and I didn't, you know, come up with like, oh, the dam's going to break and everyone's going to die. <laughs> kind of like prophecy or stupid, or anything like that. It was just this amazing feeling of my body doesn't know how to do this. And it's never experienced this before. What is this? And that I interpreted it as something kind of like trying to come through, but I'm not very good at letting it. Yeah. Well, it sounds very uncomfortable and maybe scary <laughs> some, and, and some people can just like turn it on like that and and other people like me i'm just like because i, di I didn't grow up with any of this stuff this was all stuff that i came to much later in life i learned it all from books and then I, f I found that there was a school that was teaching this in new york city uh the holistic studies institute now they do a lot of things online a lot of friends of mine are part of it and they said people have the ability to learn this kind of stuff. Do you want to learn this? And I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And my first class absolutely sucked at it. Second class absolutely sucked at it. And the, by the third class, I we did an exercise where we went out into the hallway and the, the teacher hid items throughout the classroom, three items or four items. And he said, okay, come back, draw a little map of the of the room and circle where I put the items just by reaching out and imagine like trying to tune in on where on either my brain to, to so to ask me, you know, unconsciously where I put them or just kind of imagine, you know, imagine the room and where you're feeling those items. And I nailed all of them. I said, okay, maybe there is something to this. I got three or four hits being able to say, okay, you hid your keys behind the plant. You put your wallet, underneath a stack of chairs like and that was me saying okay that was there's there might be something more to this than um you know rip off or anything like that yeah i guess i guess that's my question like going into it you know you you said that you had you had read a lot about it um but did you did you i mean obviously if you go into any pursuit you know, you're not going to be completely shut off to it. But did you go in at all skeptical of what you were going to find? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm and I'm still very skeptical a lot of a lot of people. There's a there are, you know, no matter what happens, there are bad actors out there. And I've I have I've had to be very skeptical, skeptical about every single part of this that I've learned that I've seen. If someone gives a vague message I can point out I can point out that and say that's a vague message. If someone comes in and I saw an amazing medium working and it was an enormous auditorium full of people and she's like, okay, I'm getting a message for that guy over there and it's and she just rattled off. So the spirit says you have a picture of them on your refrigerator that was taken at a state fair a couple of years ago and you're holding a churro. Uh, she also says that she she the same pictures in your truck. And that truck was the one that that we won from the firehouse raffle. What she what she wants to say is she saw the balloons that you uh, put by the grave, and uh, she was very touched by that. I'm like, okay, fuck, what? The hell? <laughs> That's <laughs> not very vague. <laughs> that was not vague. Wow. And then you'll, then you'll, then you'll see someone being like, um, are you gonna go on a trip? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like the J Somebody name. Have a birthday in the last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like the good ones, you're like, oh my god, and the bad ones are like, yeah, okay. 
yeah, how do you, like how do you feel when you see um and we won't get into like, you know, rattling off the list of names, but you know, there's celebrity there's tons mediums. of celebrity psychics mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Um you know, what what's the first thought that comes to your mind when you see that classic scenario of I'm getting a J name? Like is that something that you commonly see? Is that something that even even, you know, good well-established psychic mediums sometimes uh, fall into a, that pattern or is that like is that a, a bit of a tell that maybe they're they're reaching cold reading maybe mm-hmm. yeah um i think that it can go both ways i think that there are times where you do need to kind of clarify that information and maybe the best you're getting is a j or an m or something like that um i think that boils down to maybe one of three things when that happens when they're wrong I think that's that's what that's when it comes uh, comes across as someone's like I read for somebody and they were totally off. Psychic mediumship is is nonsense. One, the person could be lying all the time, and they're just cold reading and they are just you know bilking people. Two, they could be lying at that moment. Maybe it's I've had a bad day and I still have to go on. I'm just kind of kind of cheat it and and go with like the the easy route. Mm-hmm. Or see, like, it's not an exact science. It's, it's, I wish it was, but it's, it's not something where you can just kind of like go on the internet and type in your, your search terms and get the answer that you're looking for. It, it is very subjective. It is not, um, it's not a faucet you can turn on and off. I think that that's what a lot of people kind of expect is we are perpetually skeptical about a lot of this stuff. So even if you have like, 10 psychics in a row who are giving you amazing messages and one who is maybe having a bad day or just getting a message they can't interpret the the tendency is for people to say oh the whole thing is garbage mediumship is is a, is a scam because someone might be a cheating it b having a bad day kind of kind of thing um it's the same way as if you know you go to a basketball game and there's a guy who's known for 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 dunking the ball all the time. You go to the game and he doesn't dunk the ball at all. Well, on one hand, you could say he was maybe having a bad game. On the other hand, it could be like this guy never dunks the ball, and that's just based on your limited amount of of observation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I I I do think that when you're a celebrity medium and you're doing this five six seven days a week. You're on the road. You're you're probably not going to be batting a thousand. I don't think anyone really does. Yeah, I, I heard uh, I heard another uh, paranormal investigator put it um, really well recently. Where they he, he's like, I totally believe that psychic ability is is a real possibility. He's like, but he's like, you know when you see these things where people are kind of caught out, you know, doing something that's super vague and doing cold reading and things like that, he said, is it quite possible that it's just not one of those things that you can, has an on off switch, you know? So they got, they got kind of famous for how accurate they were, but how accurate they were was predicated on, well, I read the person that day because I was on that day. And, and yeah. everything was clicking, mm-hmm. you know, so I was super accurate. 
but then I made a name for myself and now I have to be able to do it. Yeah. I have to be able (laughs) to do it anytime at the drop of a hat and it's not always there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think that's that's totally it there. You can, you can imagine like, imagine seeing a, like a performer that's, that's been around for let's say 30, 40 years. They're probably going to nail their hit song 99 times out of a hundred. But there may be that one time where they're like, you know, I can't hit the note today. I, I, I know I have to go out there and sing it, but today's a shit day. I have a sore throat. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been tired. Hey, we need to, hey, let's not besmirch Mariah Carey. <laughs> or an infant <laughs> podcast. We don't need that heat, Ethan. <laughs> I, was th- I was thinking Johnny <laughs> Mathis, but, you know. <laughs> We're sorry, Mariah. She's like, I don't know you. I love you, Mariah. <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> So, um, uh, the next question that comes to mind for me would be, was there, because usually people don't go down a certain path, like, like I went down the path of, of being interested in the paranormal, um, because of, uh, most, mostly because of fear. I was always afraid of scary things and you know that's why i'm also into into horror movies and and things like that but then you know i also had um you know some kind of uh i had family that had a lot of paranormal experiences and i would hear those stories and you mm-hmm. but usually there's like a like something that kind of predicates it something that kind of starts you on that path so is there anything that like kind of put you on the road to be like super interested enough to then eventually study mediumship? I think it's, it's a very good question. Um, it's, it's kind of like the origin story of what was your, what was your childhood like? And I loved reading books on ghosts and monsters and, you know, psychics and all that kind of stuff. When I was, when I was a kid, uh, do you remember Muser library? Kyle in yeah. Easton. Yeah. Yeah. That's a deep Muser <laughs> library was run. It might still be run by Daniel Reddington, who was a guy who loved that kind of stuff. So he stocked the shelves with Loch Ness monster and ancient aliens and ghost, ghost, ghost. Yeah, wasn't he, he was like the mousy guy. Wasn't he with the little, yeah. the little yeah, the mustache. And he worked there for like a millennia. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, huge fan of dark shadows. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so I was, I was into all that scared me to death. Like I, I cannot handle ghosts at all, despite what I, you know, this is not my primary career, but it's just something that I do. I am scared of ghosts. I will, I will not stay at a non chain hotel and I will, I will write in comments when I'm getting a room, please no haunted room. If I'm staying at like, Really? Totally true. You can ask. You can ask my wife. So, you can, you know. So, so, so you're not going to ever be going to the Stanley Hotel. No, no, not the Stanley. Not the um. Oh, what's the uh, Elisa Lamb one? Oh, uh, the oh Cecil. the the Cecil. The Cecil, yeah. Um, That's a crazy. So we'll have you back for that episode. They they changed the name. It's yeah. it's like a it's not the Cecil anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but. What ended up happening was I think I I had always been kind of like into that. And I had, I had a couple books on various things. And I was reading a book 
by of all people Sylvia Brown. <laughs> and I love her. I, I, Total so, fake. I, I, I apologize for the the interruption that <laughs> went at the mention of her name. An immediate laugh comes out of me. I, I feel bad I about know. that. And her on Montreal, <laughs> man. I used to love that. <laughs> I, I had her book, and I was like, I got so sick of her that I gave it away. <laughs> like, I know the problems with Sylvia Brown, but this was. Yeah. I mean, this was almost. This was like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. And she wrote something in it that clicked with something that I had just thought I'd come up with on my own. And it was the idea, I had this idea that like, what if coincidences are, or like deja vu coincidences are the universe's way of telling you that you are doing the right thing at the right moment. You are where you're supposed to be. Synchronicities. Mm-hmm. Synchronicities. And I thought I had come up with this on my own. And she wrote it in one of her books. And I'm like, oh, so maybe I kind of tapped into something a little bit more outside of myself by coming up with this. My 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 brain, my body somehow instinctively knew this. So that kind of opened me up to this could be a, a real thing. And then I read a book by Lisa Williams, who's a a, a, a medium from England. I, I think she lives too. in You read Lisa Williams back then. Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> see, Jenny's been holding back this time, but Jenny is psychic totally fangirl. She's a John psychic Edward. fangirl. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and Teresa Caputo. So, But Chip, Chip uh, I, I've, is the bomb. So. <laughs> I've met Lisa Williams once. I did a workshop with her. It was very nice. Uh, she's super nice. But in the book, she she had mentioned that um, I forget which one it was. Survival of the Soul. I think that's the one I'm looking at in my bookshelf. And she says something like, "And if you're interested more about this, check out your local spiritualist church." And I'm like, "Oh, it's a thing. That's that's a thing. That's real." And I'm and my first thought is, "Well, I'm in New York City." There's got to be a spiritualist church in New York City. Yeah. So, I I went through the the um, the process of looking up where it was, and it took me up like a couple months to kind of get up the the courage to be like, should I go to this? Should I? What is it like? Like, what should I do? And they 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 had a service on a Sunday night followed by a séance, and I said, I'm just I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna give it a shot and see what happens. And the service was good. It was interesting. What did um, they do at a spiritualist church service? Oh, it's a good question. Um, there's usually an invocation where they kind of like welcome everyone there. Um, there's a, a, a series of principles that, that are, are recited aloud. Uh, we believe in infinite intelligence. We believe in uh, intelligence is manifest of the universe it's it's I, I can never remember them off the top of my head but it's just like nine basic tenets that um that spiritualists believe there's no heavy dogma there's no liturgy there's no um you know uh texts to read it's just kind of it's a very personalized what you feel is probably the truth kind of religion mm-hmm. um depending on on if whether it, what kind of service it is There'll be a meditation, a gr- kind of a group meditation. Um, messages might be given from the uh, from the platform, or it might be a healing service where you, people sit in chairs and the mediums do psychic healing. 
Um, sometimes it's a lecture. There's always a lecture. Sometimes it can be just a lecture service where it's just a very long lecture. Um, and yeah, and that's usually kind of what it, what it ends up being. And then there was, a, so that's what it was. It was a, it was a, a lecture. It was a, it was a lecture service. So it wasn't a message service. Um, I didn't know what giving messages were, but I went to the seance afterwards. It was kind of in a dark room. People just kind of sat in a circle. It was very informal and two mediums, just whatever they got, they gave to the people. And I didn't think that the message I got was very, was very good, but I saw other people kind of relating to their messages a little bit better. And I said, this is interesting. And I took some of the literature that they had. And one of the, the pieces was, if you're interested in doing this, we have a sister organization that trained a lot of our ministers. It's called the Holistic Studies Institute. Um, they have a website. If you're interested, get involved. And that was another kind of, you know, agonizing over this for a number of months before I ended up saying, let's let's do this. I went to the church a couple more times before I, I started taking classes. And in doing so, when you're starting any new thing, you want to learn more about it. So at that point, I was finding a lot more books, stuff online, uh, and reading a lot more about it, discovering more, finding. And my thing has always been, it's less the mechanics of it and more of the what does it mean? What is the afterlife? Why do we go there? How do we go there? What is what is it? Because I hate surprises. Like, <laughs> right? I, I, I want to know what the room's like at the hotel. <laughs> so, right. I have a lot of books like that on my shelf that are just like, what happens to us when we die? So I was able to kind of merge what I was doing in class and in the church with, okay, what does what what are people saying? What are the what are the what are the spirits saying about the the other side what is what is the afterlife like um and i think that sylvia brown's book about that was pretty good because even if she wasn't i think that she wasn't getting all those things from spirits i think that she was really just synthesizing a lot of information that she read in other places mm -hmm. so i i give that one a little bit more credence than i would like any of her other weird books about <laughs> prophecy and you know right. ancient aliens and whatever um, well, thank for her, she did get a lot of people interested in the subject. I mean, she really did. Yeah. My mom included. Yeah. My mom loves Lisa Williams, by the way. She's wonderful. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, prior to that and, like, growing up, did you have any experiences or were you completely closed off to this? Like, there, I was, we didn't see dead people. It wasn't a sixth sense. No, I, I didn't see dead people. <laughs> yeah. I was I was completely scared of ghosts. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I was staying, I, I was, I was traveling with a friend up to, uh, his girlfriend's house and we were, we were going to pick her up and drive back to, to Easton, Pennsylvania at the, like, just to spend like, so she could spend a weekend with, with, with her boyfriend and he invited me to come out. So we stayed at her house, her, her, her family's house. And they're like, oh, you can stay in the attic. And by the way, it's haunted. Did not sleep a wink that night. Did not, could not fall asleep at all completely nuts up like so you know growing up i've i i didn't have those experiences i had my mom who was who was open to it she would just say things like oh you know some people die and come back you know they they have near-death experiences and they say you go down a big tunnel but that's as far as I've, i got 
And as I was getting older, I said, you know, this is what I want to be prepared for when it does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I started reading a bunch. Right. Did you grow up with any kind of organized religion? Yeah, I grew up. I grew up Jewish and then lost interest. I'd say probably definitely around college Mm -hmm. and I never went back to it. And so when I started getting into spiritualism, you have the choice. There are Jewish spiritualists, Christian, Catholic, Mm -hmm. Protestant spiritualists, Buddhist spiritualists. It's a, we say it's a a religion of conviction, not conversion. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, you know, it's the plugins, the add on. Right. to the to the religion it's like i could be protestant i could be lutheran but also believe that people can talk to spirits right and that's and that's really the only box you need to check there um but for me it's once i kind of read a lot more about it and and got into it i'm like i want to i want to be involved in the reality of it rather than the the pageantry of it mm-hmm Right. If that makes sense. Definitely. All the accoutrement. <laughs> exactly. Um, so do you yeah. feel like this is something that anyone with the right intention and education can do? Or is it something I, you, like, <laughs> not everybody has that ability? Potentially. I think that, that I think that the, a school will say that anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen people who can't. Mm-hmm. Who are just who are just like I'm trying too hard, and they they get in their own way, and it just doesn't work. Um, the same way that my mother is just wants to do like past life regression, or she wants to do meditation, and she just doesn't have the temperament for it, mm-hmm. and she gets very frustrated about that. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I, I think most people, if they're taught the right way to do it, can probably get some kind of result from it. Maybe not, you know. You have, a, you have a picture on your fridge of the time we went to the state fair. Like, right. maybe not. Like, there are people I think there are probably a little bit more apt, like a little bit more naturally talented that way. And a lot of people say, like, oh, I, I, I used to hear voices all the time when I was a kid. And I used to see people that weren't there when I was a kid kind of stuff. And I think those are the people who are probably better at it and probably, like, have an easier time of being trained how to do it consistently than me, who... I don't think I'm great at it. That's why I decided I, I never went into like private practice kind of thing where I have my, my own seances or my own like consulting practice or anything like that. I do it for the church when they ask me to. Um, it's not even something I break out at parties because it's not really a conducive place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and for, and I would assume for um, somebody that's, come up through and then been affiliated with you know the spiritualist church it's probably not something that you want to take very lightly if you're going to do it you want to take it seriously mm-hmm. there's a kind of like a double-edged sword with that is that it is you know for for me and a lot of people it's it it functions as a religion as much as a philosophy um but in new york state there is a fortune telling law and you can't tell fortunes so no matter how much we would like to say, this is our religion. This is what we do. When we do a psychic fair, we have to put out a little sign that says, this is for entertainment purposes only. That's, oh, geez. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Huh. I think that, that 
I think it, it exists to for all the bad actors out there who are just like, oh, yeah, you know, come in here and I'll cure you of curses and give me more money and I'll cure you of the curse next week too. Right. Like, I think it gets rid of some of that. But it, it, it is kind of insulting to be like, this is something that we believe in. This is something that we do, and we have to we have to sell it legally as entertainment. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, huh. yeah. New York State's like crusty jugglers. Crusty <laughs> jugglers. <laughs> Mountebanks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention when you were talking about being scared of ghosts and everything. Um, I was gonna tell Jenny. Yeah, Ethan was never with us when we were doing all our. Ouija board mm. sessions in mm-hmm. high school and you know I can't I can't do it. Have you had any experiences with, with ghosts though? The um, two of you? Well, uh Jenny I don't think Jenny has officially. Not when I was a kid I had a few things that I vaguely remember. Like I remember being very young and laying in my bed and like just getting this feeling like this I don't know, impending doom or like just this terrified feeling. And I looked out into my room and I see this like white shape come out of the closet and go across the room and out the wall. And like, I remember that happening. And then at my grandmother's house, I would get that feeling once I was in her bathroom and I got that feeling. I was looking in the mirror and I saw this, like, I remember it as being. I've never heard these stories. (laughs) (laughs) Great. But it lo- I remember it looking like a skull or like a skull and crossbones or some face coming out of the mirror. And I ran out of that bathroom. Whoa! We've yeah. been married for 12 years. <laughs> I've never heard these stories. <laughs> and I wish I had more, but that's really it. My sister and her husband have had yeah. tons of experiences in yeah, their the, house. The two, sib- the two siblings. Uh, yeah, Jenny, like has a, has Jenny has a brother too. and a mm-hmm. sister. And her sister's house was highly haunted um for for quite a while um and talking about like mimic mimicking voices oh and movement of objects and then finally like a full-blown apparition sitting in bed next to her husband oh, things like that no um no, the weirdest one to me is when they came home from being out and came home to a hot pot of tea the stove was cold hot pot of tea and they drank the ghost tea they drank <laughs> oh. it <laughs> well of course the ghost made it for know, them why it would be would... rude not to <laughs> would be, yeah. how weird is that and then um jenny's brother and his wife their house well they live in the house we grew up in yeah and so at, i never had any experiences there but after after, after they we, moved in yeah. something took residence in the house with them to the point where they ended up having to have the priest come and do an exorcism on the house. And... I wish they had recorded. <laughs> and they, they actually have a, a, a podcast uh, called The Well House Exorcism. Highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, highly Ooh. recommend. Their, their first um, four episodes are all about uh, Lauren Ray's house, that's Jenny's sister Laura, and then that's the first episode, and then the three following episodes are about... Um, PJ and Shanna's house and the exorcism and you know they were seeing like shadow figures they were you know it was it was nasty mm-hmm. it scares me it's and I I hope the best for everybody who has to go through that kind of thing because that can be completely terrifying mm-hmm. um, I, a lot of the times when I was the church secretary I, I had to answer the phones 
And and a lot of times it was people being like, my house is haunted. Can you come and do something? And I had to say every time, we're not Ghostbusters. That's not what we do. There's some people that I know who at the time would go out to houses and kind of do that kind of thing. But it was not something that I could just call them up and say, hey, you need to rid this house of a ghost. Um, and there's some, there's honestly, there are some mediums that are just like, I don't believe in ghosts spirits don't do that i fully believe that ghosts exist i also i also learned something um something interesting is like your house might not be completely haunted it might just be a, a something stopping by and like doing a little something like if you're living in a house for 20 years and at one point something happens you can't explain it doesn't necessarily mean that the entire house is haunted and there's a term for it called a jot which stands for just one of those things. <laughs> it's, it's just oh, something yeah. that it, something that, that's odd, and that's made me you feel good about those, like right? what you had a feeling of something. I we've in had the car two, with we, you. We've had there? three of those. Yeah, we've had three of those. <laughs> yeah. Because um, well, not to go to you, I didn't want to make it totally a, a podcast about our haunted experiences, okay. but <laughs> while we're on the topic. Um, no, I used to, when I was, a, I have no memory of this, but when I was a little kid, my grandmother, my, my dad's mom and my mom, uh, tell me that I used to see things around my grandmother's house, um, quite a bit, um, including my grandfather after he passed, I used to see him sitting in his chair still, um, mm-hmm. And there was a time when my uh, grandmother was trying to give me a bath and I refused to go into the bathroom. And she asked me why. And I said, I'm not going to go in there till that scary man leaves the hallway. You know, stuff like that. Um, And my grandmother used to have experiences in her house like all the time. I I believe my my grandmother would never have called herself a psychic, but she fully had psychic experiences she saw spirits she saw a native american on a horse she saw a native american on horseback right across her backyard one day Mm -hmm. Um, wow yeah yeah she she would come out and all her cabinet doors would be open you know it was all that kind of stuff um but later on as i grew up i didn't i didn't have those experiences anymore um, but I found, uh, after kind of, you know, messing around with Ouija boards in high school and stuff, that I used to get, like, these, like, staticky, tingly feelings. And the only way I knew that it was somehow in context of anything having to do with ghosts or spirits was because of the Ouija board sessions. Because oh. um, our uh, friend, Austin, I won't say his last name because I don't want to blast him on a podcast but uh austin straight up had some abilities back in the day um he saw uh fully formed people that he he thought were people like he didn't know they were ghosts till after the fact um and he was the one that kind of got me to realize that those feelings i was having were actually like valid experiences of something being in the space yeah um, because I would say, oh, I'm feeling like this weird, I just kind of called it a, like a, 
like an oogie boogie feeling, you know, it would be, it was like people talk about the hair going up on the back of your neck. It would be like that kind of staticky feeling, but I'd get it. It would wash up over my body and it wouldn't go away. It would, it would linger for much longer than it should have. And he was the one that'd be like, oh yeah, there's something here. There's totally something here. Um, and so in, since we've lived here, this house is not haunted at all. No matter how much Jane yeah, wanted neither. it to be. No, it's not. <laughs> I smudged mine with Sage when we bought it. Like, first day before we moved any furniture in, Sage the whole, the whole thing, just to be sure. <laughs> not a bad idea. Um, but when our son was born, um, the one, the very first instance of, of any kind of weird, one of these jots, was um, he had a, a toy, one of those little, like, you put them in and they can bounce and, you know, play with things yeah. on the... The thing and um geez lucy with the snoring um so we went upstairs for the night uh our boys are asleep and the thing the bouncy thing had electronics but it's completely off i made sure it was shut off yeah and we go upstairs and all of a sudden it goes off it like triggers and makes its little like sounds and music and lights whatnot up. lights mm-hmm. up. And, oh, that's gotta be terrifying. <laughs> well, yeah. And so we go downstairs and it was once I confirmed that it was, yes, the switch is off. <laughs> like it shouldn't. And it only <laughs> did it one time. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for spirits who, who are not haunting, but they're just around. And a lot of the times that is, it can be comforting. It could be as, as simple as, you know, you're thinking about something that remind that, uh, that reminds you of them. And then you see that manifested like, you know, oh, remember the time we went, I'm remembering that time we saw that butterfly, butterfly flies across the window, that kind of, kind of stuff. A lot of times it is reassuring because it, what I, I happen to believe is that when you're over on the other side, you're not trapped there you can come back here and involve yourself in various ways in a lot of positive nice ways um for me it was uh funerals are just a time for when spirits come back just to kind of see everybody um i remember going to a funeral for somebody and uh acknowledging that they were it was not a very um, packed uh, funeral home. It was not a lot of people were there, but I could tell that there was something sitting at the end of the pew at, and then at the end of the row. And it was just it was it was an energy more than anything. It wasn't angry. It wasn't malevolent. It was just, and I interpreted it uh, as the person who passed away is here. She's here just to say goodbye to everybody. She's not taking up. She's not. She's not taking up space. She's just sitting on a chair. And it was comforting just to think that, you know, th- there's a continuity here. It's not finality. It's that there things are cyclical. Things come and go. Um, I do remember going to another one where they were talking. Uh, Funeral is also a great place to do like psychic impressions just for yourself. Um and they were talking about how this person was like, oh, you know, she probably kicked the door down in heaven and she probably asked who's in charge and you're probably you know, trying to like help with a lot of stuff. And I did like the, the psychic tune in. And what I got was 
this person who had passed away, I imagine I envisioned them. They were in like a hospital bed that they were, they weren't kicking down the door when they passed away. They were, they had been in pain and in trouble for a number of years, bad health problems. And I was, the way I was interpreting it was this person needs to heal before they can do anything. So on the other side, they are, recuperating and gaining their strength after so much trial and trouble over here that it wasn't, you know, went and kicked the door down. It was like, no, no, they are getting the rest that they needed to. Mm-hmm. And that was a psychic, imp- that was a more of a mediumistic impression than a psychic impression, but it just kind of, it kind of like has that line between ghosts and hauntings and what dead people do. Yeah. So what do you think about like haunted places and ghosts or malevolent spirits or demons? Like what is, what is that? Are, are these people that just haven't crossed over? Are they stuck? Yeah. What, yeah, what is what's, all that stuff? What's going on there? What's, what's with that? What's up with the, <laughs> that? <laughs> tell me, tell me the truth. Tell me, tell me the history. Here's the, here's the way I interpret it is in, in a lot of instances, there are dead people who don't know they're dead. Or dead people that are upset that there are people living in their house doing their own thing. There, there are dead people that either haven't crossed over. For most of them, haven't crossed over. That's like a, what a haunting is, rather than a jot or a, you know, feeling like the comforting hand on the back of your neck, mm-hmm. your shoulder or something like that. That's like the malevolent, angry. And what happens? And I've been in this situation is that they will also drain energy from people. And I'm not talking about like the, the vague psychic energy kind of like thing that a lot of people talk about. It's more along the lines of if you're in a haunted place, like an, it's a very angry kind of spirit, you'll feel tired. You'll feel tired quicker than you normally would. And especially if it's kind of like a large group scenario, you'll notice that feeling of everyone just being, okay, we're just going to sit down. Everything's going to be very low key. No matter how, like, no matter how, Every excited everyone was when they started to be there, you'll find people just almost nodding off because they're so tired. And that's just kind of just, it's these entities. I don't know what they are. I I assume that they're, that they're, that they're dead people that haven't crossed over that are strengthening themselves by pulling um, inertia or energy from the people that are there. I know energy is one of those kind of loaded terms. That's like, Oh, well you have bad energy. You have good energy. I can fix your energy and you know, I can feel your energy. Like this is more of like just a stand in for the words of, of everyone's physical, emotional, you know, vibrancy and like how, you know, like, tired and not tired they are. Right. Um, I think there are ways that if you have good people who can communicate with these spirits to help them realize that they're dead and that they, that they should move on. Um, spiritualism says that there is no, um, there's always a path to improve yourself in the here or the hereafter. Um, so that is, that is something where you could have been a shitty person and you could be stuck around here and you could be malevolent and you could be angry and you could be lashing out. And you know, it can take a long time to rid, you know, to get that person to cross over. But people people don't know how to do it. And it's it's a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an exact science. Right. Yeah, I've, I've always had a tendency to believe that um, 
and the cases of of things like where people are you know I, I'm, I'm not I don't want to you know tread on anybody's uh, personal beliefs just in my own belief I, th- I think that so much of what goes on uh, in hauntings um, from the readings I've done the things that um, I've seen a lot of it ha- can have so much to do with the sort of intention or the energy of the people the the living people involved and i think that there's some uh spirits that are more than happy to let you believe that they're a demon because their pursuit is yeah. just to scare you out of a a location yeah. a situation an environment and so they're like oh okay you think i'm you know from the hoary nether worlds okay that's mm-hmm. what i'll be then demons are uh, demons are one of those things that like I have, I don't understand them because they, they really do come from a very Christian point of view. Mm-hmm. And in, if you're talking about like jinns, I think from, from a Muslim point of view too. And there's, there's so much of that hierarchy and background and the, you know, the religious story behind them that I find it really hard to parse that from physical experiences that people are having. I do. I I tend to believe that we are probably not the highest, you know, the highest evolved thing on the on the ladder. There might be something that's a little bit more um, nebulous than we are. That might be have a little bit more insight, and it might be malevolent. That's what I think. Might maybe a demon is, but I kind of along the lines with you, Kyle, is that. When people are saying, oh, the house is possessed by a demon, it's probably just one or many more angry ghosts. Mm-hmm. Does the spiritualist Does church the spiritualist talk at all about demons about or oppressions nah. or possessions or anything like that? No, nah, there, there's none of that. There's no devil. There's mm-hmm. no hell mm-hmm. in spiritualism. It's just here and the other place. The other place, you know, to read about it is it's expansive. It is uh, nuanced. Um, there are multiple tiers and levels. You, you know, do you know uh, the show The Good Place? We have never seen it. We haven't watched it. We I know we should. <laughs> I watched like maybe the first episode of that. Mm-hmm. I hear it's very good. <laughs> it's very good. It's yeah. very good. The not to, not to give away the ending, but the ending is very similar to what spiritualists believe happened to happens to us eventually. Um. Uh, I don't, and I don't want to give away too much of the too, too much of the ending, <laughs> but it, it's it's that. Well, what what have um, you gleaned about what comes next? Or I know you said you don't have all yeah, the answers. Yeah, what, 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 like, what do you know about up. that? Like, <laughs> like, 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 what why we're here or what you know what the what we should give me be a ghost kid. Tell me the answers <laughs> <laughs> and what comes next. Yeah. Sure. Um, it's, it's that kind of like, what is the perp? Why are we here? What is the purpose of everything? It, mm-hmm. From what I've read and brought together from a lot of different sources, and this is a lot of different people writing from the other side, it's messages people have gotten put into books, um, teachers, various, you know, various writings, automatic writings. Um, the whole point is that we are created as souls and this is going to sound like ethan's talking like a preacher (laughs) we are created as souls and our goal is to refine ourselves to the point where we can be reintegrated with 
the whole of of creation, which is quote unquote God. God is not a personified man with a beard. There's no um, there's no mythology. There's no incarnation. It is there's this great energy that infuses everything, and that is, for lack of a better term, God. We are part of it. Cats are part of it. Dogs are part of it. Trees, buildings. It's all infused with the same stuff. So we on the other side that's where we spend probably 99% of our time the reason that we come down to earth is it's too easy to learn and refine ourselves on the other side that we need to have challenges and trials and heartbreak and the good and the bad and we have reasons for being here lessons that we need to learn so when we decide to we you know we we work with the spirits that, that are part of our kind of our spirit group. Um, and we say, these are the things that I want to accomplish when I come down to earth. Those things are kind of, uh, some people say that they know what they are. I don't know what mine are. They, and then we're born into a baby. We grow up, we have those experiences. We try to check off all the things that we wanted to achieve when we came over here and sometimes it's it's simple stuff it's like even the the baby who dies after one day has a purpose and that could be to affect the people around it um a lot of people are born in, into bad situations just to say i want to have that experience of being born into a war zone or bo born with the disease and making things difficult and we as we live we have those experiences when we pass away, we are welcomed back into that spirit group onto the other side. And uh, we reflect on the time that we've had here, the lessons that we've learned, the things that we've done. And we decide, do we want to come back? Do we, or do we want to keep continuing our refinement uh, on the other side? And there's, and it's, it's, it's kind of, we move into different spirit levels as we come to these understandings and realizations, we've learned these lessons. And after a while, we become uh, guides for other spirits who are here on Earth. If, you, if you've hear, heard people talk about spirit guides, those are just spirits who have kind of like leveled up just a little bit and have more understanding and more experience. And then they can guide other people through what they, what they went through. And that, that learning just keeps moving up and up through the ladder until you reach a point where you just get reabsorbed into the universe and you lose your, and this is going to sound sad, you lose your personality into the great uh, everything, lack of a better term. Well, it's, it's interesting because that actually, um, when we did our episode on near-death experiences, that was um, one of the uh, stories that we read uh, the person literally chose to return to their body because they felt themselves beginning to lose their individuality, the the person yeah. that they were on Earth, and so they 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 weren't ready to let go of that yet, and so they yeah. they returned to their body to continue living. There's a lot of choice involved in this, and I think that's what's great about it. You choose who your parents are. You choose the situation that you're going to be born. You plan all this stuff before you, and then 
when you die, a lot of there, unless it's, you know, unless you're blown apart by a, like, you know, an atom bomb or something, sometimes you have that, that opportunity to say, I, I'm not ready yet. I want to stay here. And you'll notice the people that have that experience are completely changed. Mm -hmm. Their personality changes, their outlook, their goals change. Um, you see, there's, you know, a new one gets cranked out every month is I died and I came back. The story of a survivor, the story of, you know, a doctor or a kid or a lawyer or, you know, someone, a, a lot of uh, the ones that I, I take the most stock in are like the doctors who are like, my whole background is, you know, coming up with explanations for medical mumbo jumbo mm -hmm. and being able to go explain their experiences from a medical point of view. I think that's, that's, that's interesting stuff to me. Um, but you're right. There is that kind of the element of I chose to come back and then they can explain what happened when they went over there. Your friends are there, your family is there, your pets are there. Uh, it's all part of just one big cosmic family. I like that. Sort of. <laughs> it's reaffirming. I don't want to do all this shit again. <laughs> But maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> That's what I'm saying too. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to come back here. God, I don't oh, want to come right? back here. I got it. I I lucked out this time around, but yeah, time, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't ever want to yeah. take that chance. Well, and there's nuance to it, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely coming back. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice. You screwed this one up enough So let's see. Um, I don't know, honey. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask yeah, about? So what are um, some of your more memorable readings or moments from readings? Good uh, or bad or wild? Some, like, the ones that, that, I mean, a good reading is generally kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of reassurance. I had a, the ones that like I get specifics are the interesting ones. I was reading for someone the last time I did a reading, it was a couple months ago and it was in the church and we did it all over zoom and it was for the first, it was a per person's first time. So I, I, I'd never seen her before. I didn't know her. she hadn't said anything on, on the zoom call, but I'm like, I'm going to read for her cause it's her first time. I'm going to focus in on her and see if I get anything for her. And what I got was. Um, chocolate covered cherries or, or chocolate or chocolate and cherries. It was something like that. It wasn't chocolate covered cherries. It was, it was, it was chocolates. And the, I was imagining her like getting them at a store and her feeling guilty about them, but acknowledging that the, the the takeaway was she shouldn't have felt guilty about this. This is the way I was interpreting it. And I told her this and I said, what I'm seeing is there's a, there's a food that you're going to get that you don't feel like you should have, but it's a treat. And, and, and it might not even be a food. It's something that you don't think you should have, but it's a treat. And I said, what I'm getting is like chocolate or cherries. That's kind of what I'm getting. And what the message is, is treat yourself, ha let yourself have that one little thing because it's, it's, it's little, it's not going to change anything, but it's going to make you feel good. And she says, well, I'm on a diet and someone at work gave us some chocolates in the shapes of cherries. 
And I said, oh, well, feel free to eat those. And she says, I ate them yesterday. Wow. <laughs> so, it's like, okay. So I, I nailed that one. Great. That's cool. <laughs> um, some of the other good ones. Um, we were doing something where um, we had to take photos. This was in class. We had to take photos and a way to kind of tune into one particular person instead of just getting message and message message like from whoever faceless people you is you take a picture of someone and you kind of stare into their eyes they have to be dead generally i guess you could do it do a reading on somebody who's alive uh well in this case it was he had to be someone who had passed away and i i found a picture online of a friend of mine who passed away and i just looked at the eyes and I tuned in and what kind of message would I get from this person? And it kind of like echoing through my head was, Oh yeah. Hell's yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. This is great. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly the personality of the person who I'm doing. of looking at this picture. Someone who's, you know, passed over and is having a great time and is really happy that I got in touch with them. Like that's that was the the feeling that I got, and it was the message that I got was just like enthusiasm, excitement, but also saying hell and like not backing away from you know being crude about it. Mm -hmm. And that was, it wasn't my head saying like, oh, what would she say? It was just tuning in and letting that person speak. I thought it was very, it was very telling, and it meant a lot to me because she was a friend that uh, I had kind of reconnected with after a number of years and she had a number of health problems and she passed away. Uh, and it was just good to get in touch and to see that she was there. She was okay. She was, you know, she was happy to see me, but she was doing her own thing and that felt good. Yeah. That's awesome. Little stuff like that. Yeah. I like that. I felt, I felt good about that one. I miss her. I, you know, mm -hmm. It was a, it was a relationship that we were just we were just friends. There was nothing romantic, and we would just text each other constantly and complain about our jobs and our relationships. And in her case, her health. And she finally, it just got too much, and and she left. But mm -hmm. to know that if I ever really needed to, I could reach out again. Mm -hmm. um, but to know that also that she's doing okay, she's having a great time. That meant a lot too. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So what would you <laughs> recommend if people are listening and they want to reach out to a loved one or tap into, you know, that that other side? What what are the first steps? What you know, are there books you recommend, uh, certain, you know, practices, meditations, things like that? I would say that like there are a lot of great books. You know, just walking into Barnes and Noble, you can find a ton of them. If you want to do it yourself, there's a lot of books, but I, I haven't found any that really teach it in a, in a good way. Mm -hmm. If you can find a place to to learn online um, or in person, depending on where you're located, there are places that have classes, um, uh, especially if you're close to Lilydale, New York. <laughs> yeah. um, uh we're going reading books about if you're interested in like other side kind of things reading books is a great way of doing that there's a number of them 
Um, people, if you're looking just to kind of reach out to a loved one uh, or get that kind of information, do your research. Uh, f- do Look up reviews of psychics in your area, psychic mediums in your area. Um, it, it's kind of the best thing to do. You'll find a lot of people have opened up shops. You'll find them on the street corners. Like they're just around do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of weird to say, but uh, some of the really good ones don't even advertise because it's just for them. It's just word of mouth. Ask around um, your, maybe some of your friends or family members have people that they've talked to. Uh, and hopefully, you know, even over the phone works very well. There's no, there's no need for um, you to go to someone down the street just because they're local. Uh, if you find a good person that has good reviews uh, and they do phone com- you know, consultations, that works too. So you don't, you don't see any barriers to doing it like virtually or over the phone. You, that works just as most of the time. I mean, the, the, like I said, that one about the the chocolate and the cherries yeah. that was done completely over Zoom for someone that I'd never talked to or you know, had seen before, you know, 20 minutes before I did the reading. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I guess we could probably start wrapping it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ethan, first of all, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, oh, you were very welcome. It was uh, awesome to, to reconnect with you. Uh, it's been a long time. I miss you, pal. I do. Yeah. I just never get back to Pennsylvania. Well, and and I'm I'm you know a ways away from from Easton now, so you know I'm I'm more out in Central PA here, so so ah. uh, you know I I usually every Friday night I uh, Facebook uh, message Brad. You know, do we do a video chat? We watch a horror movie every Friday night. That's how we stay. Oh, nice. That's how we stay uh, up to speed. But. Uh, but yeah, and thank you so much for uh, being a guest on the first guest, the the inaugural guest. Oh, the pressure <laughs> on you did great <laughs> on our podcast. It, it was it, yeah, it was great. It was very enlightening. Um, Definitely, I think that um, you know, for for me, uh, being somebody who has one foot in the metaphysical and one foot in the uh, physical you know and skeptical mm-hmm. um i tend to more and more look at the realms of the paranormal through the eyes of you know the lens of quantum physics and things like this and so you know the idea that our the energy that makes up who we are our consciousness and everything transferring to another plane of reality is yeah you know that's not you know, the way I see things, the way I see the world now, um, you know, fits in line, I think, with with everything that we've talked about. And, you know, and that's the pursuit of this podcast is to, to kind of open people's eyes to the fact that it's not so far out. Some of the yeah. concepts might, on the surface, be a little, you know, wooey-woo, but it's not so far out to believe that it's possible. I agree with that. And I think that when people relay experiences and they are, I'd say 80% similar, 
and there's about that 20% that's different, I take a lot of stock in that 80% that, that, that people are, are experiencing the same thing. Um, and you can see this a lot with near death experiences is that people all over the world are getting the same feedback. They're seeing the same thing, doing the same thing. And the details are going to be different. The detail, the, the way one person interprets an experience is going to be different than someone across the country is going to experience an experience. Um, but I, I take a lot of comfort in the idea that this is not all that there is and that there's something out there that's a positive. It's not an end. It's not end of existence. It's not eternal punishment. It's just the next phase. And your podcast, so you, we want to give you a shot to plug your podcast. Your podcast is... Must have seen TV. It has absolutely nothing to do with psychic stuff or mediumship. <laughs> it is literally me and uh, Brett White, who is a reporter, uh, writer for Decider.com. Uh, the two of us talk about old sitcoms. Um, we are both old improv comedy buddies. So we have a lot of funny things to say about the sitcoms of the 20th century, from I Love Lucy to News Radio. And you can find us on uh, most uh, most platforms. Uh, we're not on Spotify, but we are on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And we have gone uh, to YouTube with this latest season. So we have a number of episodes up on YouTube so you can see us. You can see what I look like in my, in my podcast setup uh, here in my office in Westchester. <laughs> nice, That's nice. Great. Nice. We'll have to check it out. Three's Company is one of my favorites. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't done Three's Company. Haven't done Three's Company? Ooh. We haven't done Three's Company. We, 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 the way we do it is we have uh, every episode is a new uh, decade. And then when we get to the 90s, we do the 90s, and then we start over with the 50s. Okay. So we haven't, we've only done a couple of the 80s so far. We did like uh, Bosom Buddies. Uh, I think we did Mork and Mindy was another 80s one, and Kate and Allie was, a, was an 80s one. <laughs> well, it sounds like tons of fun. Yeah. I well, do join have us. Question. Oh, what, what's your question, honey? Aliens. <laughs> what's up with that? Are they real? Totally. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I don't. I don't think that we're the only thing. We're the only game in town. Mm -hmm. Like, why would <laughs> I wouldn't be that presumptuous? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Great. Well, all right. Well, this has been love. Yeah, yeah. Great. We've had a ton of fun. Um, so, for any of our listeners out there, if you have had any experiences with a spirit or with receiving messages thoughts inside your head that don't seem to be your own or any other experiences with a medium experiences with a medium or any other mm. liminal occurrences uh please email us at liminalunlimited at gmail.com um, or you can reach out to us on our facebook uh, page uh liminal unlimited podcast or our twitter page lemon unlimapod <laughs> <laughs> And uh, thank you so much again, Ethan. And we will... Oh, thank you. This has been great. And from the contents of this podcast, we will definitely see you on the other side. Thanks. Thanks. Love it. Bye.